Welcome back, friends, to Ill-Natured, a true crime podcast. I'm Alyssa. This is Michelle. It's not even nighttime. No, it's like 3 p.m. I just ate a bunch of chocolate. You want to start over? No. Okay. We're rolling with the punches today. So, um... I'm rusty. Me too. Oh, yeah. First of all, Michelle hasn't had had to have a case ready for like... Over a month. Yeah. You haven't done a case in like a long time. And I really didn't give you that much time to do a case either because... I did the Zodiac. Zodiac. (laughs) I did the Zodiac for like four episodes. Yep. You did an episode. And then we missed the December one. I hate that. Hopefully we'll eventually circle back. Yes. Um, But I did a three part on Anne-Marie Fahey we just finished. So yeah, I haven't really given you much time to do Mm -mm, mm -mm. much casework. So I can't, I'm not capable of doing too much casework when I work, work. And y'all, I'm starting back to school in February. And so, I, um, I'm going to be doing e- even even less researching, but I'm still going to, I'm going to find us great articles and tell stories. That's kind of what I'm doing today. And this will be kind of a series for the next, maybe two or three. We'll break them up. Right. But <coughs> about the 13, um, true kind. Maybe we need some more chocolate. No, what? I don't think so. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the answer. 13 true crime cases that were solved in 2022. So, last year, folks. Last year. And you know what it was. The ancestral DNA. That's what a lot of them it was from. So, do you recognize a lot of them? No. Really? Mm -mm. One, I think. I can't wait to see if you do. Um, But, y'all, there's so much murder. Like, I've never heard the first, so I'm going to do four this episode, and then I'll do four <clears> the next, and then three the next. So, it'll be like a last year recap. Right. Um, But there's only one that was vaguely familiar. Okay. Well, so, I'm interested. So. All right. So, first, let me first say, this is from an investigationdiscovery.com. We know. We love the website. ID channel. Okay. Thank you. Shout out. Thank you. Shout out. These are their stories, um, and the name of the article is 13 True Crime Cases That Were Solved in 2022. So, I give them full credit for their wonderful investigation. Thank you. Uh-huh. For Round of applause. Um, providing us with a show. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because, I mean, wow. So many murders. I can't wait. Okay. I'm going to jump right into our first one here. Go for it. So... The title of this one is DNA from under victim's fingernails leads to arrest of Las Vegas murderer after 42 years. Wow. 25-year-old Sandra... Oh, I'm going to butcher this last name. DeFelice? You got to look at this. You got to look at this, sis. There's not anything. Sandra... Die Felice. 
Felice, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. Felice, that was... I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, sorry. All right, she did. She was murdered. Um, but the case went cold for over four decades. We just read that. Um, her daughter urged police to take another look at the case in 2021. Um, but she was murdered December 26 of 1980. Uh, trigger warning. She was raped, beaten, stabbed, and strangled in the Las Vegas apartment she shared with a roommate. Um, mm. Yeah. The newspaper called it one of the most savage murders in Las Vegas history. Whoa! That's a lot. Like, that's a lot of overkill. Oh, it hurts What was me. her roommate? Does it tell you? Let's just take it. Oh, it says her last name again. Sandra. Sandra was her first name. That's all we're going to... I'm not going to try the last name again. Um... Sandra was a native of Boise, Idaho. She was working as a waitress at the time of her death. Um, she had moved to this city with her childhood friend, who was also a roommate. Okay, so that's so, a roommate. Childhood friend, somebody she knew well. Um, her boyfriend discovered her dead body in bed, and her roommate had last seen her two hours before she was found dead. Um she had a three-year-old daughter who also lived in the home. Oh, no. But thankfully, she was staying with her grandparents. Oh, whew. okay. Can you imagine how much worse that could have been? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But the case went cold pretty soon um, after it happened. And, again, her daughter. Oh, that hurts me for the daughter. I always hate to hear oh, that. Oh, gosh. But, anyway, the Las Vegas Poli Metropolitan Police Department took another look at the case when she contacted them to ask about updates. The police went through the evidence and DNA that was collected back in 1980, mind you, and it was tested using new technology. Is it going to tell us what kind of technology? But, the, however it was found, the results led to the arrest of Paul. Whoops. God bless America. How do I get that back? I just closed the whole screen. I'm so sorry, peoples. I'm rusty. Rusty. Anyway, so Sandra's daughter got him back on the case. Um, I wish they told us exactly which kind of DNA right. was used. Paul Nuttall. What a name. Right? Yeah. Yeah. sounds like a murderer. Sounds like an ick to me. Yes. So, on October 31st of 2022... The Las what? Vegas Metropolitan Police Police Department had a press conference and announced they'd arrested not all. I can't. Uh, on October 27th, on suspicion of the brutal rape and murder, he had remained in the Las Vegas area after the killing and still lived there. Um, the Las Vegas Review Journal revealed that not all, Nuttall, I don't know, how do you think it's pronounced? N-U-T-T-A-L-L. -L. just call him old Paul over here. Was that his first name? Yes. Sure. But anyway, Paul did have three previous arrests on charges of uh, drug possession in Las Vegas, but he had no prior charges of violence. Mm. Um, he was arrested on charges of open murder. With the use of, oh, we don't have to that again. After Paul was taken into custody, many cold case investigators they were really excited that they got to call her daughter and tell her that it yeah. was solved. Um, that's basically what all that said. It was that was all that for my brain to process. Sorry about that. Oh my gosh. Um, 
but yeah, that's it. That's the case of Sandra D. Felice, Di Felice, Felicia, Felice. Well, I'm so I'm glad grateful it was, it was that solved. her daughter got the closure because yeah. that you, doesn't always happen. And it's but it doesn't tell you why he did. He just broken and that's it. We don't get because it's just October 31st. The trial probably isn't. I don't even know if it started yet. Oh gosh, I don't like having the answers to all my questions. Well, listen, why? Okay, they'll have an update, and I'll be, I'll be checking back. Cause yeah, we gotta know if he says anything about yeah. why he did it. Yeah, I'm like, how did he know? Or like, I just got a lot of questions. Yeah, like I said, these are shorts now. We don't, we don't have all the answers because they were, and you know, I don't know if COVID's still holding up the court system, but it dang sure was. Things were moving a lot slower. So he may not be convicted until next year, you know. Right. Or uh, what? What is it called? Goes to court, sentenced. Right. Right. This is the one that I recognize, okay. but I don't know a lot about it. Okay. Um. All right. So this is another murder solved in 2022. Arizona police ID Little Miss Nobody. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Found yes. dead in the desert in 1962. 60. Was it 60 or That's 62? What it says 60. Okay, I remember it being from the 60s. More than six decades. Was it Albuquerque, New Mexico? Hang on. Arizona desert. Um. More than six decades after the body of a child was found in the Arizona desert, police had confirmed her identity through forensic genealogy. That's so that's the one I recognize, though. The only one. I mean, look. I uh, remember seeing I'll it on post Facebook. this picture. I feel like um, I probably shared that. And that might be where I remember it from. Yep. Because I remember seeing it on Facebook. So I probably shared it to the... To, I probably shared it on my personal page and the yep. podcast page. And then I probably shared it as well. Probably. So, yeah. Yeah, but I remember that being solved. So awesome. <clears throat> 1960, though. Phew, that just feels like forever ago. All right, so let me tell you all this I mean, story. I hello, Boy in the Box, 1957. That's right. We wouldn't have heard about this, you know, in, like, our daily news. So, um, I'm going to tell you all this story. Again, we're still on investigationdiscovery.com. This article is by Beth Braden. Um, this happened outside of... Congress, Arizona. Never heard of it. Okay, me neither. Didn't know there was a Congress. Um, on July 31st of 1960, found a child lying dead under the hot summer sun. Ooh. Oh, I think she might have been from New Mexico. She had brown, let's, let's see. She had brown hair and her fingernails were painted red. She didn't have any obvious injuries. Wait, 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 wait. <clears throat> you said her fingernails were painted red? Yeah. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. Both sides? There was a pocket knife nearby. Ugh. And her body was partially buried. A pair of men's flip-flops with her body. But they'd been cut down to her size? That's weird. Yeah. He was visiting the desert. Okay. She was found by a teacher from Las Vegas. There was a pocket knife near her body. Footprints all around her body. Alamogordo, New Mexico. There we go. There we go. Yep. All right, so 400 miles away in Alamogordo, New Mexico, four-year-old Sharon Lee Gallegos was abducted from her grandmother's home. Stop it. No, 400 miles? Gallegos had been playing outside her grandmother's house when she was reportedly forced into a dark green 
Sylvain. Wow. Sedan on July 21st of 1960. Um, the car was occupied by a man and a woman and a boy with freckles. So apparently somebody saw this, witnessed this, her abduction. Um, there had also been a random woman asking about the little girl around the neighborhood and at church. Apparently. Police in Arizona had heard about the missing girl in New Mexico. But they believe their Jane Doe, given the nickname Little Miss Nobody, was seven years old, not four. Huh. Was she a big four? I guess she was tall. Because of the assumed age discrepancy, investigators at first dismissed the idea that Little Miss Nobody was Gallagher's because of the distance between where she was yeah, from how far and where away her body it was. Yeah. Like how did how did they even happen? Let's see. Hopefully uh, I wonder when in twenty twenty two this one was solved. Um Okay, so they didn't they thought she was older. Um when nobody came forward to claim the child's body, locals pulled their money to give her a pop, proper burial. Sorry y'all, I had a little mental snafu. Did you say a word? I have never heard of that, but that okay. doesn't mean very much, so. S-N-A. Hang on. We got it. Let's just let my brain recover and find out what this. I gotta go take some allergy medicine. A snafu is a situation marked by errors or confusion. <laughs> yes. You have snafus check often. Check and check <laughs> Muddling error causing such a situation. Oh. Snarled or stalled in confusion. Stop it. That is me in a word. I was about to say that. Yeah. Snarl. What did you say? Snafu. Snafu. Where did you see that at? Who knows? Probably a movie. That's where I get mostly. I have so much random knowledge inside my brain that it was probably a movie or a book I read. Well, that's your nickname, Snafu. Snafu. Shelly Snafu. <laughs> yes. Your, okay. um, that's your, uh, your, your... Stage name? Your... <laughs> I don't know where that laugh came from. That's your alias. Yes. My pen name, maybe. Shelly Snafu. <laughs> <laughs> it's goofy, and I love it. I love it. That's I'll make one. us bracelets. Okay. <laughs> yes. What am I supposed Snafu one, snafu two. I, I'm not a snafu. <laughs> I don't. Well, now look. We'll come up with a good one for you. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. This is a great start to 2023. Po- uh, uh, season two, by the way. Okay. But I have a good feeling this is probably how my year's going to go in all areas of my life. <laughs> Uh, anyways, this poor sweet little baby. Yeah, for real. Um, when nobody came forward to claim her body, locals pulled their money together to give her a proper burial, which is awesome. The case grew, grew cold, obviously, though it was periodically re-examined through the years, but it was never nothing was ever linked to the Galagos case. In 2018, the Yavapay County Sheriff's Office released a sketch of what little Miss. Nobody may have looked like prior to her death, so I will share that with y'all, of course. And that's an actual picture of her. I'll share that on all of our social resources. Resources. Um, 
the sketch was based on a DNA profile obtained by examining the body and con- conducting DNA testing. Because, yeah, they wouldn't have even thought to have collected DNA. Not in 60. Uh-uh. Um, but they tested at the, at the University of North Texas Center for Human Identification. That would be such a cool place to work. Oh, yeah. Such a cool place to work. Hmm. With a DNA profile, Galagos' surviving family members were able to then submit their own samples for comparison. Mm. But the technology in 2018 still wasn't advanced enough to link the family to the body. Do what? So they tested it in 2018. And they couldn't get any further. Yeah. Huh. Why they tested it again, I suppose. Yeah. So in late 2021, OTHRAM, a Texas-based forensic genealogy lab, reached out to authorities to offer their assistance. That testing, which was paid for in part by crowdfunding, that's awesome too, positively identified the body as Galagos in late February of 2022. OTHRAM's technology has been able to solve a number of other cold cases. As we know, I feel like we hear of a new one each week. Yeah, I feel like, so awesome. I do think this was right as I we were starting so our podcast. Yep, yep. Yeah, February 2022. We we'll have to go back and look. I have to now to know for sure. Um, But we've heard about it time and time again. And I know Crime Junkie does um a lot to support the, not that particular one, but do you know what I'm talking about? Like they have a center that they support. For yeah, the like a lab. Genetic, yep genealogy awesome i agree very awesome so um we don't know who killed her but hopefully at least this is the first step she has a name maybe 2023 can you imagine though you know her killer i mean they're probably dead right they didn't have physical descriptions of them just at the car right so 50 know. years later, I mean, they could be alive in their 70s, I guess. 80s or 90s, but they'd be old. They'd be old, yes. And I don't know if, yeah. Mm-mm. So anyway, stay tuned. Hopefully there'll be more updates on it. But I'm, I was very glad to see that one solved. All right, let me open up my next one. I had all these opened up. I was super prepared, and then I closed the tab. Never heard of this next one. Um, okay. I'm anxious to see if you have her face looks familiar, but I just, I'll show you. Okay, girl. All right. So again, we're still on the investigationdiscovery.com article group of articles. This one is, um, man sentenced for beating college student to death with a piano leg. I should have said trigger warning. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because that's a, that's a lot. This happened in 2004. This was the year that I graduated from high school. Wow. Okay. Um, And you were four. Mm, what year? Three? Wait, when was it? 2004. What part of the year? September 20th. Uh-uh, girl. I was five. <laughs> <laughs> you was five. I was five, girl. All right. I turned five on August 27th. That's right. Yes. Yes. You're on the cusp. Between Leo and what's after Leo? Virgo. Virgo. All right. Uh, so on September 20th of 2004, Rebecca Gould, 22, answered the door to a man who asked to use her phone. Oh, oh no. Whoa. 
A week later, her body was found dumped on the side of the road. Golly. To use the phone. That's before we really understood that. Her case went called for over a decade and a half. Oh, she's beautiful. And look at this creep. Ew. Oh, ew. Him. Can you imagine that coming to your door? Okay. Let's do a quick lesson, ladies. Yeah, we know this now. They but know. let's but reiterate. We're going to reiterate. We're gonna we're gonna reiterate. If you don't have a peephole. If you or a ring camera. Yeah. Doorbell. I've been thinking about getting one. Or just a winder. You could look out. That's right. Um, I've been thinking about getting a ring camera too, by the way. Yes. Or out like a like blank security Somebody system. Somebody came to our house, like was stopped like in our in front of our house in the yard or sometime around Christmas. And I was like, oh, hell no, don't open that door. But it was Will. Oh. And so he was home. And so he opened it. It was a sweet lady who right. was having car trouble. So, you know, not that, but my man's, you know, he had his, he had his piece on him. Right. When he went to the door. Right. So they right. wasn't going, they weren't going to get him. But I personally, as a woman, would never open the never. door to a woman never. or a man. Okay, it does not I'm matter. Sorry. Women are, we know. If you come at my door hollering stories. help, I'm going to call 911 for you. Amen. Yes, and we're, I'm going to drop to my knees and say a prayer. We will cover you up in prayer, but you ain't coming in my house. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. Nope. Even if, even if I know you and, you know. <laughs> I think Blink should um, send me free cameras to test out for yes. sponsorship. Yeah. But you can see, like, the camera, like, you can watch from your phone. Yes, you can talk to him. There was one where a man was trying to do this same thing. I just saw it on a TikTok where a guy was at the door and the kept ringing the doorbell. And her husband was somewhere else, like, at work or something. And she, was at, she wasn't a girl or a woman. <gasps> and she he came on herself. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. And he came on through, like, where a remote access have talked to the yes. guy, right? Yeah, yes. I saw that. I saw that. And then the guy, um, anyway, he told him he was going to rape and kill her. Yeah. But he left because the man had already called the police before he even talked to him. Mm. So we need to get, we need to get our ring, ring doorbells. Um, Blink security cameras. Yeah. We need Whatever you prefer. That's right. I've just seen more ring advertisements. I just know people personally that have Blink and I like it. Yeah. But there might even be better systems out there. You just know. Word. Or you know. know. Your brother. So. Okay. All right. So let's. I'm going to tell you about this story uh, of Rebecca Gold. Gold. G-O-U-L-D. I'd probably say Gold, Gold too. Gold. Anyway, this story is by Robin Raven. What if that's a pen name or a real name? I love it. Yeah. Shelly. Robin Raven. What's your name? Shelly Sanoof? Snafu. Snafu. Sanoof. I like that too, though. Sanoof. Whatever. I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. Shelly Snafu. Continue, ma'am. Okay. <clears throat> so on October... October. <laughs> 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 I choked my words, like, literally... Maybe I need another energy drink. Maybe I don't. It's empty. Water. On October 18th, 2022, 2022, a man from Oregon named William Alma Miller. I don't understand. Is that his middle name? Why are we including that? William Alma Miller. That's a lady's name. I don't understand. Pled guilty to the 2004 murder of Rebecca Gould. He waived his right to a jury trial and Judge Tim Weaver sentenced him to 40 years. In the Arkansas Department of Corrections. 40 years? Life. No less. 
Right. That's ridiculous. You know, it really baffles me sometimes that we have these murders. (laughs) We have, like, murder cases like this. Like, I know somebody that murdered a lady. Personally, excuse me. That has came around me. And they only served, like, 25 years. I'll tell you when we get done with the podcast. Man, pause it. <laughs> Don't play with me. <laughs> Continue. Okay, so um, so he was sentenced to 40 years in the Arkansas Department of Corrections. On September 20th, 2004, Rebecca Gould, a 22-year-old college student, answered the door to her boyfriend's home where she was staying, and Miller was standing outside. He asked to use her telephone, and the kind-hearted young woman agreed. Bless her heart. Oh, gosh. That's so weird Y'all, to me that people so do that. it's just so quick to make a mistake like that, and that's your life. Well, I was going to say, like, <laughs> let's think about this for a second. Like, how differently people are programmed now. Like, right. to me, like, my age, I have always been taught to never. Everyone is suspicious. A kid, suspicious. Don't come up to my house, you know? Everybody is suspicious. People be can, be can use but that's what, those. Yeah. And thank God we know. Mm. Really. Instead of, uh, it hurts me for people that when they didn't know. Right. How many people open the door and let somebody in to use their phone and live? The only reason you we know? know is because of cases like this. Right. Anyway, I'm glad they got him. So she let him in to use the phone. Um, he confessed that while he pretended to use the phone, he went into her room. He used that time to grab a piano leg from her living room and then beat her to death with it. Just for no reason. Right. And then placed her body in the bed of his truck and dumped it on the side of the highway outside of Melbourne, Arkansas. What? That's wild. I bet that he had planned to rape her, but he couldn't do it because he's, you know, you're sick. Disgusting. The case went cold for over a decade and a half. Um, Miller was eventually established as a suspect. Police then tracked him down in Oregon and extradited him to Arkansas to face murder charges. But it doesn't really tell us how they got there. I was about to say, wait, how, wait a minute. How did they even find we this From That's right. I mean, maybe it'll go back. You know. We'll see. Um, uh, the judge called Miller remorseless and cold in court. Oh. He expressed his wishes for Miller to serve every day of his sentence. Okay, give him and more. more. Yeah, right. what do you mean? How old is this guy? He's one of those people. We all, I'll post this picture. You can't tell how old this is you know oh and this guy's saying that he he will always oppose his eligibility for parole so that's good i guess yeah but like 40 years that's not not enough enough. right they just should be killed i mean Mm. like why do we have to house people yeah like like taxpayers money honey why they're i mean you know they're around some people are in saying Same. that, there's always another side to it. But for for perverts, for child molesters, for rapists, murderers, why? Why? And there's it, like for real evidence. Like right. without a doubt. Right. Prisons are weird to me. me it's too. weird. It's hard for me to grasp why. 
We're like, yeah, freely house. They don't I mean, have I to pay that's bills. A cold, but I mean, why? Why is it my responsibility to take care? Because they of did an illegal action. Child yeah. molest. Think about how much we all hate child molesters, but yet we're putting them up in prison and letting them breathe our air. Mm -mm. Anyway, that rants over. Um. Anyway, Judge Judge Weaver was his name. Let everybody know that he was going to keep him in prison the full 40 years. Again, why not a thousand? Or, yeah. Or whatever. Um, <clears throat> anyway, Rebecca's father gave the witness testimony in court and was able to speak to Miller. He spoke of what was lost with the murder, stating, this is a direct quote, you took her from her own future. You took away a chance for a girl to dream. A hell you created. A hell you must face. He also remembered his daughter with his testimony and said, Rebe Excuse me. Rebecca lives in all of us. Love and grace are words I will, rem will remember her by. That's beautiful. Mm. And that's it. Alright, we're going to do one more, right? One more. One more is four. Good job. We're all doing basic math today. I'm trying to hurry her because we've decided during our break we're going to Target, and I'm very excited. Well, don't tell the husbands. <laughs> okay, I can't buy anything, so but I love to. I buy shouldn't be. Maybe buying. they have some Christmas. Like I don't know what. Surely it's gone down to seventy percent by now. I'm just excited about Target. I mean, screw everything else. I've been going too often. I told you. I haven't. God, I've you know I don't live close enough. I don't know. Well, I've been finding excuses to go every other day. Christmas break. Like, well, I'm going to Starbucks and we're going to go shop Target. Okay. <laughs> I, I spilled an entire pistachio latte on the floor in Target just the other day. Wow. Alyssa. Wow. So I've been carrying it around. I shouldn't have been in there shopping. I was tired. Uh, I was real tired. I was tired. And, um, yeah, I was reaching down to grab a sweater. <laughs> no, it was a That's what It I'm was a shirt. It was a shirt I knocked off the rack. And spilled my entire coffee. And I went back to the counter, and the guy was so nice. And he told me everything was okay, and he made me another oh, one for oh, free. In Auburn? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I don't know if we should say where we're Albany is not bad. Not all bad. You just have to know which parts of it are bad. And watching my daddy go, there's so many good people. Like, a lot of kids that go to Darton, or what was Darton, um, work at the Walmart neighborhood market. Yeah. And I think those are some of the people that work at other places like Target with good customer service. Mm -hmm. They're sweet young kids. They're college students and they're sweet and they're helpful. Right. Anyway, we digress again. Yeah. Wow. This has been happening a little too often for mm -hmm. me personally. Uh -huh. Not for you now. You was all over with the Zodiac and everything, but I'm Thank just a space cadet over here. All right, so our next story. Our next and last for this episode. That's right. Again, y'all, next time, for the next part, I'm not going to say this at the start of every story, but I'm going to do it today just so you all. We're on the sure investigation discovery.com. I want everyone to know that this is the wonderful place where I'm getting my stories. All right, the title of this one is 30 Years Later, Tech CEO Charged with the 1992 Cold Case Murder of Roommate's Girlfriend. Mm. Advances in DNA technology led to the July 2022 arrest 
of John Kevin Woodward for the murder of 25-year-old Lori Houts. So, 1992, 25-year-old Lori Houts. The, one of our other ones, she was 25. 92, what a year. This is another article by Robin Raven. Oh, love to know if that's a pen name. Robin Raven. Thanks to advances in DNA technology, additional evidence, and the dedication of cold case investigators. John Kevin Woodward, the president and CEO of the California-based ReadyTech, whatever, okay, California-based company, ReadyTech, he was charged with the brutal 1992 murder of Lori Houts. At the time of her death, Houts was the girlfriend of Woodward's roommate. Okay, so he killed his roommate's girlfriend. Got it, Precisely. got it, got it. The Santa Clara District Attorney's Office released a statement July 11th of 2022, announcing that Woodward, 58 years old, was arrested when he arrived at the JFK Airport in New York City. He was flying in from Amsterdam, where he now lives. Ugh. Still an American citizen, he'll be arraigned in Santa Clara County in California, where the murder took place. Let's see if we know when. All right, so he was previously... Oh, so they're... Okay, Put a reverse, oh. if you will. Woodward was previously tried twice for her murder in the late 90s. In the second trial, the jury could not reach a verdict, so the case was dismissed by the judge because he concluded that there was insufficient evidence. He then moved, Woodward then moved to the Netherlands. <laughs> That's so crazy to me. They were tried, he was tried twice, and now they finally. I don't know. I hope he didn't hurt anybody else. I well, hope not either, but how the heck? Free. So, like, what even does we even... Does we even... No, <laughs> wow. You can't tell I'm really educated, can you? Um, Stop. <laughs> you are so fluent. Affluent. <laughs> Go. Mm -hmm. Okay, but do we really know what even happened? I hope so. I like to I'll keep myself guessing as well. I like to find out with you all, our listeners, what happened in the story. That's just the way I roll, you know? <clears throat> I like <laughs> for you to get the initial reaction. She likes to wing it. Okay. <laughs> winging it. That's what I'm doing out here in my entire whole ass life. <laughs> I'm winging it every day. Irity. Mm-hmm. So, tried twice for Hout's murder, but not convicted. He moved to the Netherlands. Um, let's let's jump back. I guess all these, I guess because it's the same author. You're doing a great job, Robin Raven. But the story's mixed up. <clears throat> all right. Lori Houts, we're going to go back and kind of tell a little bit more about what happened. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> when she was murdered. She was only 25 years old. Her body was found in her vehicle by a passerby on September Ooh. 5th of 1992. It was parked in the 1300 block of Crittenden Lane in Mountain View, California, September 5th, 1992. The rope that was apparently used to kill her was still around her neck. Oh, gosh. In addition to other signs of a struggle, her footprints were found on the interior of the windshield, 
showing how hard she tried to fight for her life. Her undisturbed, oh. undisturbed purse was found nearby. An investigation soon after, in 1992, revealed Woodward as the prime suspect. He was known to be jealous of Houts and had an unrequited romantic attachment to her, despite the fact that she was his roommate's girlfriend. Houts' boyfriend asked Woodward if he killed her while police listened to the conversation, and Woodward responded by asking what investigators knew. At the time, Woodward's fingerprints were found inside the car, but police couldn't show evidence to prove he had been inside the car at the time. Because, obviously, I mean, he lived with her, basically. Right. I mean, I'm sure she spent the night over him. I'm sure. Um, police detectives started to re-examine the case in late 2020. The re-examined and resubmitted evidence from the investigation to the Santa Clara... Santa, oh my gosh, y'all. Wow. I just... Somebody fix me. Help me. Santa Clara County. That's a mouthful. Santa Clara County <laughs> Crime Lab for renewed analysis reported in Miss Yen. Evidence soon came back that matched Woodward's DNA. So this was 2020. And over 80 latent fingerprints taken back in 1992 were re-examined, which revealed that even more fingerprints belonging to Woodward were found at the scene of the murder. That's what I'm saying. Murdered somebody in the 80s or 90s. We're coming for you. These, These people... They can't. That makes awesome. Anyway. If Woodward is convicted, he'll likely spend the rest of his life in prison. Obviously, question mark. I mean, we did just hear the case of the guy who beat someone to death spending 40 years in prison. Yikes. But at least he'll likely, if convicted. Can you imagine? What if he gets off a third time? And is let back out into the world. Um... After his recent arrest, Deputy District Attorney Rob Baker of the Santa Clara County DNA's office told people that I'm thrilled that we have a second chance to seek justice for Lori after nearly 30 years. It's so rare that new evidence is discovered decades after a case is dismissed, giving us another shot at holding Mr. Woodward accountable. The arrest of Mr. Woodward is a testament to advances in forensic science. Without those advances, we never would have been able to refile this murder case, he said. Laurie Ann Houts was a beloved family member and friend to me. Although she was only five feet tall, she had a huge heart, and her humor and spunk were endearing to all. The Houts family said in a statement that was issued through the Mountain Valley Police Department, oh, that's so sad. That makes me very sad. When people die at the beginning of their life. I know. I Really, like... Into the hands of, mm. at the hands of. So sad. So that's the story of Lori. Lori Ann House. The case was finally solved. Well, I'm glad it was solved. And but... he was infatuated with her. Oof. She didn't like him back, and that's basically why he. Yeah, no, duh, she didn't like him back. <laughs> I hope this asshole gets life or death. Where's he being tried at? California. I hope he gets life in prison. I don't think California does the death, death sentence in Timor. In Timor, probably not. I don't think so. So, anyway, we'll pick back up on my next episode. Um, let me tell you what our story will be. I'm going to keep it open on my computer for quick access. Okay. Ooh, this one looks all... Oh, I'm on the struggle bus. It will not be like this next time, okay? I promise y'all. She'll be at least a bit more prepared. Well, no, probably not oh. that, but oh, I just okay. can't speak today. Oh, okay. Um, okay. 
Next is the the cold case murder, 1986 murder of a Massachusetts college student solved after 36 years. Wow. So I'll tell you about that on my next on, episode. On the next time of Ill-Natured. That's or whatever. <laughs> or whenever. Yes. Lovely. Well, that's it. Wowzers, we've made it. We've made it through. Phew. I feel like we just somehow. <laughs> I feel like we just did three. We've had so many different conversations today. Anyway, I know. I feel like you've been here for five hours. You haven't. Oh, do you not want me here? No, no. I do. I just. It feels like we should have done at least three episodes. Oh. It does take us quite a while to do like a forty-minute episode. <laughs> It really does. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Um, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna go to um Walmart. Walmart. We're not going to Walmart. Target and Starbucks. I want a Starbucks. I'm gonna get the statue. We gotta get a shopping cart with this cup holders in it. Hell one. yeah! So and we're gonna be looking like goops in our matching tees. We're wearing them. Yeah, I'm not. What am I gonna change it to? My bra. I, I mean, you do you, sis. I I will never judge you. I would never judge. If you want to wear your brassiere, we can give you a little pin, a little safety pin to pin your sweater. Some girls wear that style. Can you imagine Dude, having in your South titties Georgia, out in, in public, South Georgia? Having your titties out in public at Target. In South Georgia? No. I have so many people giving me the stare. But if I was in LA like that, people would be like, I mean. It's weird, isn't it? I don't think it's the temperature to try it. Maybe this summer. You could, you could. Like this? Yeah. 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 I mean, being at the beach, I probably could get away with it. Oh, yeah. But, like, I have this super cute, um. Or you better tell me you have an open front dress. No. Okay. But it's an Aeropostale two-piece set. And so, let me show you a picture, bitch. It's cute. I know it. You're laughing like it's not. No, I know it is. I know it is. I almost bought a pair of shorts. So I bought this really cute crop top at the store, Ibiza in Albany. Mm -hmm. It's my new favorite. Yes. And I bought this really great crop top. And I almost got the shorts to match because they were on sale. But it's like my print. I love I love Ibiza. Shout out Ibiza in Albany. If you haven't been, go. Um, it's very cool. Um... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's cute. I, I mean, that's not my favorite. It's cute. You don't think it's so cute? It's not my favorite. Why? Well, I'm going to be honest. Why do you I don't, not like it? What's about I don't like? know. I don't like the top of it. I don't like the sleeves and the proportion it gives you. What does it make me look like? Too, too, your shoulder's too broad. Oh. I also looked a lot bustier back then. Well, those pants would be great with a nice solid top or like a floral print top. Well, anyways, I thought I looked great, but maybe you I was mistaken. You did look great. I'm just saying. I mean, I it's was not told. It's not my favorite outfit. Mm. Not everybody has my taste, though. You Some know what? people do it. It's like two, almost three years ago. So I'll just sell the outfit. Yeah. Just wear the pants. Let's pick out a great top. <laughs> we can revive this outfit. We'll do a before and after. It's cute. It is cute. But I think it could be cuter. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Y'all feel me. I'm sorry. I feel like every week it's the same thing with me. 
Okay. What we're going to do now is going to close this ish niche out so we can go to Target and get some Starbucks. And I can go shopping that I don't have the money for. So, um, what you can do is follow us on the Instagram at Pod. Join our Facebook group, Podcast. Um, We have a TikTok at Pod. We do like emails from time to have time. Have you ever gotten one? No. <laughs> Shit. We're almost a year in. <laughs> you still haven't gotten an email. People don't email now. Why? That's I'm going to stop though. it. I'm going to make a fake email account. Okay, you don't say that on live air, but anyways. Yeah, probably shouldn't have, but it's happening. You're not going to know. You're going to say it, and I'm going to have such a good poker face. You're not going to know that I sent it. I'm not that dumb. You're Continue. <laughs> I'll trick you. Don't worry. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just not you. that gullible, but continue. We'll see. Uh, what were we? Onagerpod at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all. That's it. We're glad to be back. Um, we're kind of in full swing for season two. If there's any case suggestions that y'all would like to hear this yes. season, shout them out. Please. Let us know. Email it. Yeah. 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 And make sure you're spreading the word like a wildflower, baby. Yes. Uh, so we will catch you guys on the flip side. Peace.